This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by UBCP ACTRA, a.k.a. the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists, the national organization of professional performers working in the English language recorded media in Canada. For more information about UBCP ACTRA, visit ubcpactra.ca. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain on the Vancouver film and television industry and expose its beating heart, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger. Adrian Petru is here today. Mimoloche Brat, my Ukrainian brother from another mother, voice actor, UBCP Actra Award nominee, activist. Adrian has been on the podcast a couple of times before to talk about his work and also to eat babka with me. He was the first and still the only guest to bring babka along with him to the studio, making the YVR Screen Scene podcast a bobcast. I still laugh at that dad joke, my truzi. It's the only one I'll allow. But Adrian's previous appearances were in the before times. And I don't mean before COVID. I mean before February 24th, 2022, when Russia fully invaded Ukraine, displacing and traumatizing millions of Ukrainians, killing thousands, and mobilizing us in the diaspora to do whatever we could to help. My memories of that first week of the war are a blurry combination of war footage and texting with Adrian. I don't know how we did it, but in that first month, we produced YVR Screen Scene for Ukraine, a gala fundraiser and an online auction that raised more than $37,000 for Ukrainian humanitarian relief. I'm still breathless when I think about the generosity that shone down upon our efforts, especially in those early days. But the war continues. Ukrainians continue to fight for their land, for their right to exist. And we in the diaspora have seen public interest in Ukraine come and go, often reignited by the discovery of yet another horrendous war crime, be it a mass grave or the bombing of a maternity hospital. There is a special pain that comes with watching the world lose interest in the genocide of your people. A special rage that takes over when people you thought were your friends tweet that Ukraine should negotiate with the terrorist intent on erasing it from the map and a special gratitude that services when the world and the media and your friends bear witness. And there's something so strange about working in the entertainment industry, an industry that is often about fun and frivolity and diversion, while also raising your kid and trying to figure out what to do with your feelings of powerlessness and anger while you attend award shows or self-tape and audition, or try to be emotionally present when grabbing a drink with a well-meaning friend who just doesn't get it because they can't or they won't. I know Adrian gets this because we text each other about this stuff all of the time. 
we are not the first people to ever go through this, to be attempting to function on two competing planes of existence. We can't stop existing here because of what is happening over there. But how can we exist when what's happening over there cuts us to our core? And so we thought we'd bring you into one of our classic Sabrina and Adrian conversations where we will talk about the war, what it's been like to move through this industry while your people are fighting for their lives and how you as allies can help. Adrian Petriu, Lescavo Prosimo do Waviar Screen Scene Podcast. Hello, everybody. Hi, Adrian. Hey. So I'm going to point out something that uh, maybe a little bit of levity, maybe not. Um, this is my second interview that I'm recording in this particular new studio. Um, I thought that we were going to be free of external noises, but I don't know if you can look out there, Adrian. Look right there. There's literally oh, wow. a, a, a window cleaner. Um, yeah. Can you take a photo of that? Actually, I don't yeah, have my I got it. don't have my phone. So, um, uh, like a Spider-Man. Uh, we we have a Spider-Man basically. So. Um, Yes, they. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Check it out on on Instagram. But anyway, um, if there's uh, any kind of banging or anything in the background, it's not Adrian and I throwing things at each other. <laughs> How are you? Ha! Huh, you know I'm Ukrainian. <laughs> that's that's that seems to be the response oh, in the last gosh. Uh, eight months. You know, uh, I feel so much older than I, I did in February. You know, yeah. when all of this. I mean, it started in earnest, and I, the war, <clears throat> I don't know if non-Ukrainians really understand this. The war did not start on February 24th, 2022. No. You know, and it, you know, it even started before 2014. You know, it's, it's uh, the, the genocide, the hatred of Ukrainians, this, this push to exterminate the culture, that's been going on for generations. Oh, yeah. We are on, you know, our third century of uh, Russian uh, attempted erasure of Ukrainian identity. You yeah. know? So this is this is the latest um, manifestation of it. And yeah. uh, and I think the last, hmm. you know, if if uh, if we, you know, as a global community support Ukraine in their in their in our resistance yeah. of it. Um, but you know that's why it's you know we all say things like can I swear? Can't remember. Fuck you, Adrian. Oh fuck! I don't know. All right. <laughs> fuck so, you for even asking. <laughs> when we when we say when we say fuck Putin and we all say it often, um, countless times the, a day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the fact is that it's uh, if he died today, um, there's no white knight taking his place. He mm. is not the architect of. Uh, what's happening? He's he's the manifestation of a of a ideology that continued from the Tsars to the Soviet Union to the Russian Federation. It's there's a through yeah. line. It's not that everything's just going to be fine if he dies tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Although know. if he does, oh, if he dies, oh my great. gosh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It'll be so good. We take a shot and then we get back to work, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, can we talk about February twenty fourth? Yeah. 2022 though what was that day like for you what do you remember about it it was very surreal for me um i happened to about a month and a half earlier uh i finally went about booking a tattoo appointment for my first ever tattoo mm. which is the ukrainian trizu 
uh, the Ukrainian trident, which I knew. Uh, I'm familiar with it. (laughs) We are tattoo siblings now. Um, Yours is way bigger than mine. I was in a mood, okay? So (laughs) I... I had always wanted one. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, I'll, I'll get it out. Get it out so that it's on. You get it right. out, and this at this moment, <laughs> I will point out that the um. There's a man right the behind window me. washer is right behind you. I have a feeling he might be like Russian FSB, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm about to get shot through the back of the head. That's how it feels. Um, but anyways, uh, that's just the things we think about now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so so I had booked an appointment to get my tattoo and I had gotten a bunch of dates from the artist and I a month and a half earlier had just picked February 24th yeah just because I think my kids were in daycare or whatever and I was like oh that'll be a good day so uh I remember being there on 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 the table as it were getting my tattoo and chatting with the artist who he didn't really know a lot about what was going on yeah but of course you know he was like, oh, I have a Baba you know, in Saskatchewan who's, who's Ukrainian. But, you know, I wasn't very in touch with, you know, with my heritage. And But I know a little bit about it and I don't really know what's going on right now. So I was kind of filling him in. Uh, and I was like, yeah, no, this could happen any day now. Um, yeah. And despite lots of people saying, no, it's not going to happen. It's not, you know, they're not crazy. They're not this. It's just posturing. Uh, I think a lot of us knew in our gut. Yeah. That I mean, this is real. frankly, even Zelensky. Yeah. You know, there yeah. he came mm-hmm. under fire um, you know, despite the fact I got to say, he's done a wonderful job. He has. You know, but he but even he had been like, you know, Russia's completely encircling, yeah. you know, Ukraine and he was like don't panic, don't stuck up on goods, you don't need yeah. to flee and stuff because I think that what Russia did was so like audacious and like yeah. like it just it seems so bonkers you well know? and i think and awful i think that Zelensky, we don't do that anymore yeah when he came into power he had a little bit of um naivety about yeah. russia i think and you know i think he had a lot of good intentions mm. but sometimes i think us in the diaspora can see things a little bit clearer in a way hmm. in that um you know i'll speak I'll, I'll speak for myself uh just that you know my family fled and left ukraine with a very clear idea at a very at a time where there was a very clear idea of what russians would do to ukrainians right and what that meant um and they had lived through genocide and all that stuff so that yeah. stuff got kind of passed down through us whereas those who grew up in the Soviet Union, in when Ukraine was under the Soviet Union, um, you know, whether you resisted or not, there is this kind of cultural message that you're brought up with that there is this sort of uh, fraternity between Russians and Ukrainians mm-hmm. um, culturally. And uh, and so it's, it's, you know, there's a very deep sort of, uh, I don't know, unlearning that you have to go through because it's right. institutionally, it was everywhere. Um, and I think maybe Zelensky, you know, had a, a bit of that still in the back of his mind. And that yeah. changed, I think, very quickly. Um, you know, I mean, there were assassins like blocks away from killing him and his family, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I think that in those early days, 
um, and Bucha and some of those events, I think that very quickly changed changed the calculation for Bucha him. Bucha and Mariupol and man, it's just been... And it just adds up, yeah. Yeah, it just adds up. What do you wish people, what do you wish the people who aren't Ukrainian understood about this war? <sighs> Deep sigh. I think you sound 97 years old when you sigh like yeah, that. Yeah. Because I feel 97 years old. Yeah. Uh because Wait, I'm older than you though. When I called Agent Mimaloche Bratz and I started <laughs> learning Ukrainian before the war and I honestly like I've been I do it every day. I do Duolingo. I've been watching YouTube videos. I sing songs <laughs> like, you know, but I I've been doing it with like, any time I'm like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna say all the names of the animals and the months of the year and count yeah. to 100. Because they're trying to eradicate. Russia is trying to eradicate the language. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of my ways that I can be part of a resistance, you know, Absolutely. Is, is like learning the language. So yes, yeah, so um, I, I am uh, Adrian's uh, Starsha Sestra, Sestra yeah. and Adrian is Mimaloche Brat because he is younger and yeah. I'm the elder. So I'm 97 <laughs> and Sabrina's 101. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we look great for our we, age. We look pretty good. <laughs> it's the vodka we're drinking that, is our Kova vodka right literally. now. Literally, shut up. Yeah. Hold on, I'm taking a sip. Yeah. Mm. So that's uh, fantastic, actually. That's a good mix. It's um, really, yeah, we've mixed really it nice. with um, some of the uh, the buble water, the bubbly water, and uh, yeah, it's It dope. works. Yeah. It works. It's too um, smooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what I, what I want people to understand is that, you know, when you grow up in North America, uh, in the times that we we've grown up here uh again the window washers behind me um we've grown up where the idea of war is something very far away yeah and something that is uh i mean it is awful and we regard it as awful um but we've lost the understanding that there are times when um you have to fight. Mm. And so a lot of people, we grew up just with this abstract idea of peace. And that peace should always be, we should always strive for peace above everything. Peace, 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 peace. And so if you want to, uh, 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 the idea to, 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 to fight is somehow you get called a warmonger. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, peace is not really peace if a part of your country is occupied and under that occupation people are being tortured and raped and killed and deported and your culture is being destroyed that's not peace that's yeah. that's uh you know something that happens you know maybe that doesn't reach the headlines and so people in the west can feel comfier when they drink their coffee in the morning but that's not real peace so yeah. um you know we have to fight and people say well did, you know war is not the answer um well the fact is that you know, if we bring up, for example, like the Holocaust, diplomacy didn't end the Holocaust. Yeah. There was no diplomatic solution to the end of the Holocaust. The Nazis had to die, had to get beaten and yeah. they had to die and they had to be put on trial. And uh, the gates of those death camps had to be kicked open and blown open and yeah. those people had to be saved. Um, and, uh, you know, nobody was taught in 1944 was sitting there going, how do we give Hitler an off-ramp so that we don't humiliate Hitler? 
you know, how do we how do we make sure that, you know, he's crazy, he could do something crazy, so why don't we give him an off ramp? And, and Well, there were voices <laughs> like that, you know. Oh, sure. well, that's true. Which, which, and just like there are voices now yeah. saying the same thing, you know, and all the stuff that Adrian mentioned, the, you know, the um, concentration camps and, um, you know, uh, the, I mean, there are literally literally concentration camps you know filled with ukrainians yeah you know there there are uh children who are being um kidnapped and you know adopted you know uh by russian families you yeah. know there are there are you know mobile extermination squads like the same we say hashtag never again yeah well this is it this is what is happening you can't so yeah that's that's something i wish as well you can't negotiate with somebody who is doing that no. you know you can't negotiate with a terrorist you know and there's recent um un investigations that are coming out that uh, are showing that this is not you know some people like to say well war is ugly and you've got little you know maybe groups of russian soldiers doing bad things this is top down like they're receiving or orders and there's evidence of this they're receiving orders to terrorize civilians yeah and that's what they're doing now with the iranian drones yeah uh it's all terror and it's all intentional um they can't uh you know russia's military is turning out to be a bit of a paper tiger and so rather than spend all their munitions trying to beat the ukrainian uh, military, which is, you know, they're fighting for their homes and their families, so yeah. they're motivated. Uh, they are using, you know, the munitions they have left on civilians. They just want to degrade uh, Ukrainians to the point where either they give up or realistically Ukrainians won't. So what they're hoping is that the uh, the West, us here, won't be able to stomach anymore. And so we'll step in and, you know, try to pull the reins back on Ukraine and say, no, you have to, you know. But the fact is right now, it, it, uh, a recent poll was, I think, 89% uh, of Ukrainians want to keep fighting. 89% hmm. yeah. of the country says, no deal. No deal. No deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's this is it. Like, this is... Because they also know you can't deal with somebody. They're not going to... If you make a deal, you can't, they're not going to keep their word. Yeah. Anyways, you can't negotiate with somebody who's doing the kind of stuff no. that Putin's done. And we made a deal. That's the other thing. People haven't been paying attention, so they don't realize there was a Minsk One agreement. There was a mm. Minsk Two agreement after 2014. We've made several deals yeah. with Russia that have not been honored on their side. And then, you know, there's this cognitive dissonance where people say... Um, well, Putin's crazy enough that he could use a nuke. So we have to negotiate with him so that doesn't happen. But if he's crazy, so you're asking yeah. us, so if he's crazy enough that he's going to end the world in nuclear holocaust, you think that you can negotiate in good faith with somebody who's, who's gonna a do maniac? That. Yeah. You know, there's this total cognitive dissonance and people arguing those things. So um, the fact is, this is, this, is, uh, this is a war for survival. This is... You know, and, and people are, you know, people in our community and our, us ourselves, as much as we maybe don't want to face the fact, but we're traumatized. Hmm. And the people who live in Ukraine are traumatized. And it's a trauma that they will never be able to overcome if this ends in a way that Putin is able to do this again. Yeah. Or that they're faced with every day looking at a map and seeing a chunk of the country that they weren't able to save. 
yeah. and countless people just erased because of that fact. That trauma will live forever. Yeah. You know? Um, so if there's going to be any healing, if there's going to be any path forward, then it's it's Russian defeat or nothing. Yeah. You know? How has the war impacted your work? You know, how has it changed how you relate to your career or to this industry in general? It's... Uh, it's very strange as you know like like <laughs> because we have to you know every day i wake up and i read updates from the front yeah <laughs> and i see horrible stories uh and photos and all of these things uh that i can't you know just tell myself oh just don't look uh because uh you know again i i know it's a it's a bit of a I don't know. It, it, it's a, it's an example that's used maybe too often, but you know, we, we we talk about the Holocaust because it's got such a you know presence in our in our minds mm. uh, from the last century. Um, so imagine people just say, telling people to look away from that. Yeah. Just go. Just look away so that it doesn't you know upset your day. You know, it's it's I can't. So yeah. I I so I so I digest all these things every day. Um, try to have some sort of outlet which you know in my case is I have a bit of a platform on social media so I try to get it out there but then again there's there's this thing with my career that that social media is supposed to be sort of this tool for your career you yeah. know and and uh everybody's like oh you know when you when you're up for a job and stuff the studio is going to look at your social media and all this stuff and so sometimes I'm going to post something in anger and I stop and I go, well, you know, what if they, <clears throat> what if I'm up for something or whatever? And, and this is, this is too angry or too, you know, I work in children's cartoons, so, you know, like this is maybe, this is too graphic or too, yeah. you know? Uh, and so sometimes I stop for a moment <laughs> and go, well, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should just take a, take a breather and not post this today. Uh, and then... I say fuck it and I post it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I go, well, you know, I guess if if there's anyone out there, you know, who has a problem with what I'm posting, uh, then maybe that's somebody I don't want to work with. You don't want to work, work with. Oh man, I go through that. You know, I go through that a lot because it feels weird sometimes. You know, when I look at my my Twitter feed and it's like. You know, fuck Putin. Um, look at this awful thing. You know that they've done. Uh, you know, uh, just whatever. I'm just retweeting. <laughs> I'm often retweeting uh, <laughs> yeah. Adrian or or um. And then I, but then I'm like, I got to tweet out about you know this oh, episode mm -hmm. that I've just dropped, and you know, and I. And I'm like, well, you know, a lot of people who follow me, they're following me because they love, you know, the the television shows and movies that are created in in Vancouver. You know, am I going to alienate them? You know, yeah. because I'm too. And I'm like, no, I, I that if they don't want to hear about it, then maybe they shouldn't be yeah. following me because I, you know, Ukrainians don't get that luxury you yeah. know of picking and choosing you know uh what it is that they they engage with you know as far as oh, yeah. you know genocide is concerned right well so, and in in ukraine you know that it's you you wake up usually to bomb sirens at four in the morning because that's when russia usually you know sends cruise missiles over 
you go to your the bomb shelter or the hallway in your building or whatever it is the safest place you can go to yeah you wait for the all clear and you have your coffee and you go to work mm. like that's literally what life is right now it's yeah. fun it's functioning the country's functioning in in the best way that it can but people are are going about their daily lives and in some which is very ukrainian which is very ukrainian <laughs> right? like, and like some 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 cities that get hit often um you know on your way to work you might pass an intersection that where cars are burning yeah with people inside them <laughs> you know and and uh uh so then when i'm here in vancouver and i you know i'm kind of like oh i don't feel like working today or whatever i'm like well fuck just you know get on with it get on um, with it and we'll see how it shakes out but you gotta it, it's it's just the balance because we don't know how long this is gonna take it's gonna on our end it's gonna take as long as it has to take right? yeah but um uh you know when it started we weren't sure is this gonna be a couple weeks is this gonna be a couple days <laughs> is this gonna be well that's what putin well, said well that's yeah, what everybody special military yeah. operation gonna be three days yeah. you know oh everybody's like oh you know they're so the, powerful the capital is gonna fall in 48 hours and then it'll be a resistance yeah. that we're gonna arm that you know and then it's no no um that's not you know it's not who we are but uh yeah it's it, it's tough but i you know I, I also think though that i look at my body of work and why people follow me and um, you know, some of the larger projects that I'm on, like uh, Dragon Prince, I have a lot of Dragon mm. Prince fans. And I yeah. think, well, you know what? Aside from my colorful language, uh, I'm taking a moral stand. Yeah. And I think that that is perfectly in keeping with the projects that I've done and the things that people follow me for. So, again, sometimes the language is, you know, is, uh, is a little R-rated, but... Um, uh, but you know what? People can handle it. And we might be the only place that they're getting this information from. Oh, you know? absolutely. Like, and I, I feel like there's a responsibility in that. Like, we're the Ukrainian that they might know. Oh, you yeah. Know? So I like I take that as a big responsibility as well in yeah. curating stuff. I mean, like, you know, yeah, I'm following it because it's like I got literal blood in this in this war. Yeah. You know, but you might not. But, you know, you want to know, so I'm going to show you, you know, and, or you need to know. A 13-year-old animation fan probably isn't reading the BBC. Um, I don't know. Kids are way smarter <laughs> than us, Adrian. I know. I have an 11-year-old. You have two littles, like... They're like, yeah, we're not listening to BBC. We're on Vice News. Yeah. Uh, so Vice has been doing some remarkable reporting they, though, actually, since like, time. yeah, 2014. Yeah. Like that's where I got a lot of my uh, my initial information. You know, yeah. like they've been on the on the front lines of that. Have you experienced any pushback from anyone either on your team <clears throat> or in the industry about the speaking out that you do, you know, and how have you navigated this, if that's happened at all? Uh, it ha it actually, it, it hasn't, not from my, my team, certainly not my agents. They all, they're all extremely supportive. Yeah. Um, uh, and they've all, well, know, I can't imagine you staying with anybody. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, but it, 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 that hasn't been an issue at all because yeah. it's just, it's just a part of who I am. And, um, and the fact is that's you know it's not something that just came about in february it's a, a part of me felt a little bit great grateful and a little bit um i don't know if proud's the right word but you know i felt like okay 
you know, I am walking the walk because when when the war started, I got so many texts and emails and think calls mm. from people uh, in the industry and beyond. So I, I was like, clearly they know how much Ukraine yeah. and my Ukrainian heritage uh, means and has meant to me. Can we um, just can I yeah. just take a moment to say how important that is for people who aren't Ukrainian to reach out continually yeah. to your Ukrainian friends? Uh, it means a lot, you yeah. know, to, to that idea that people are are still caring, that they see you, that they, yeah. you know, like it's because this is a long war. It's been going on for a long time. It's probably going to go on for a while longer. Yeah. It can be really heartbreaking, yeah. you know, when you think that people don't care anymore. And people just know? wanted to like, oh, I'm sick of hearing about it. Yeah. I wanted to just, you know, end however it ends just so we can stop. Yeah, so you can just yeah. move on to the to the next the next thing. thing. What's Elon up to? What's Kanye up to? You know, yeah. and fuck Elon Musk. I go like, well, fuck that guy. God, yeah. You know, but yeah. the the texts that I've that I received then that I've received throughout the calls the the mean means a lot. Yeah, you know, to to have that, you know, um, to be acknowledged in that way. Yeah, you know, because it's uh, especially being in here in the diaspora. Diaspora? Diaspora. I don't diaspora? Know. I always say you know, diaspora. I don't, yeah. know. I don't diaspora, know. Diaspora? I didn't oh, finish college. Oh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and I still don't know. But anyway, living, living, you know, here, uh, having that blood pounding through our veins and feeling powerless, you know, it's mm -hmm. it means a lot, you know, to to hear from our to hear from our people, especially, you know, when you have people like I, I know this has happened for you. Mm -hmm. It's happened for me. Yeah. You know, people commenting on your shit that's like, oh my God, like it's all this is all just Ukrainian propaganda and it's yep. a big money laundering war. And oh, you know, all, there are so many Nazis, like, you know, as of Stahl, that was just all Nazis and yeah. you know, like they're de and it's like, the fuck? Like that's oh, yeah. so hurtful. Oh, it's insane. And and like uh so I'll take, you know, I, I, I talk about this constantly on social media, but I'll take the opportunity here because everybody needs to hear it. Um, oh, here we go. Another Adrian rant. <laughs> here we go. 97 year old Adrian uh, rant again. Yeah. Oh, Adrian's <laughs> drunk. Uh, uh, <laughs> Brought to you by Zerkova Vodka. Yeah. Um, that Ukraine has uh, among the lowest uh, um, anti Semitic. Uh, um, there was a um, there was a uh, uh, what do you call it a uh, no god he's drunk guys I, I'm totally <laughs> drunk. I'm, I'm, I'm studying it. but uh, 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 anti anti-semitic viewpoints among yeah. the population um, Ukraine has among the lowest not just in Eastern Europe but in Europe in general yeah um, and uh, you know it it is way higher and and neo-nazism as, as a you know it is a real movement in globally uh, is way more of a present presence in Russia mm. by the way and they support Putin <laughs> the mm -hmm, neo -Nazis in mm -hmm. Russia, uh, and in the United States um, it's a far larger issue there we have a white supremacy issue in Canada in Canada yeah you know meanwhile uh, Ukraine democratically elected a Jewish president with 73% of the vote hmm. uh, who was uh, you know native russian speaking um and 
the far right in that entire national election, the far right got only, I think, 1.3% of the vote hmm. nationally um, and got no seats <laughs> in the Rada, which is you know, the, the, the Ukrainian parliament. Um, you know, the far right in Canada and the far right in the States has more political representation. Mm -hmm. um, the, the accusation that Ukrainianism or Ukrainian identity is tied to Nazism is Soviet propaganda. Mm. Uh, and so, so the idea that to be a Ukrainian nationalist, to be somebody who believes that Ukraine should exist as a nation and that it is a nation of people and not just quote unquote little Russians, um, that that is tied to somehow being a Nazi or a Nazi sympathizer. Uh, it, it goes back to the to Soviet propaganda and it continues to this day. So it is extremely offensive mm. um, to make that comparison. Uh, the Nazis killed millions of Ukrainians, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so it's yeah, it's it's extremely frustrating. And when we talk about you know f fascism, look at the way that Russia has behaved. Look at the way they've conducted this this illegal war. Look at the way they they uh, conduct themselves in their own country in terms of their viewpoints uh, towards uh, uh, LGBTQ plus mm. um, uh, you know minorities, indigenous populations, all of these things. Yeah, um, it is fascism with a capital F. Yeah. But because they call themselves anti-fascists, that's enough for some people in the West to say, oh, you know, they're 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 actually the good guys, you know, because it's like to some people, that's just like counterculture. So yeah. it's cool to be like, you know, oh, well, the U.S. has done bad stuff. Therefore, Putin must be a great guy. Yeah. You know? So. So how do you navigate that, though, when it comes from your colleagues or when it comes from, you know, fans? I hit it directly um, with zero apology, and Good if I you. if they don't understand, then they and then that's why he's my little brother. That's guys. right. Yeah. And the funny <laughs> thing is, this is so I'm I'm, you know, notorious among people that know me and have known me for a long time to, for being one of the most diplomatic people on earth. Okay. Uh, uh, you are very nice. I mean, even when you first came and recorded with me, you did bring babka I did. and like a meal for my family. Yeah, that was really nice. Well, that was just Ukrainian of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to feed you I had and to make your sure family. You were fed, um, and then we could proceed with the friendship. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so you know, in the past, and even with political disagreements in the past, there's been uh, you know, I've always been very open-minded and tolerant and all those things but i can't tolerate um you know essentially people sympathizing with genocide or sympathizing with fascism yeah um uh or sympathizing with the you know with the murder of my my friends and family so uh you know or taking 10 minutes to google some stupid ass conspiracy theory and then send that to me and say, I've done my own research and you, you, you're not seeing clearly because you're emotional about the topic. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. That, that I got, um, I'm familiar with places. that. Yeah. Yeah. You're too emotional to see this clearly. Of course you support Ukraine because you're Ukrainian and you can't see that this is actually, um, a proxy war between us and NATO 
and it's all about that's US so influence. fucking insulting oh yeah that is so insulting oh, yeah. and, and belittling and, and it's like also buying into that whole like little little russians yeah. thing as well like, like, like no we don't have our own agency we don't yeah. have our own feelings about this oh, yeah. even people who i in the past admired people like noam chomsky you know who can fuck off and go teach linguistics now because yeah. you know he's going well ukraine is russia's sphere of influence and i'm going there's here's a guy who's written hmm. uh, and spoken about colonialism and anti-imperialism for so long and now is justifying the genocidal imperialism of another you know just because it's a different polarity okay just because it's russia suddenly this is hmm. this is okay. they deserve a sphere of influence we're not anybody's sphere of influence and in fact ukraine predates ukrainian culture and ukrainians predate russia and predate moscow by several hundred years so maybe russia's our sphere of influence you know maybe mm. you know maybe we'll just call russia you know i don't know east ukraine no they could honestly they can be their own thing <laughs> they, can, they can be their yeah. own fucking thing yeah um i i really don't want anything uh to <clears throat> to do with them what can we talk a little bit about why your screen scene for ukraine uh that night um yeah. which i gotta say like we like we sold out very quickly and then we sold like an entire like 50% more tickets of people who are were all over the world and just wanted to buy like a non-attendance ticket just yeah. so that they could support the um so we were raising funds for the Ukrainian humanitarian appeal established by the Canada Ukraine Foundation That's and right. the Ukrainian Canadian Congress. I'm so happy I was able to say all that, that was despite good. how much vodka that, that uh, was really I've been good. drinking. That was impressive. Um and it was uh it was it's a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, we talked about it on the podcast a bit. I mean, Adrian um, recorded a great ad. We were all over social media. We did this online auction. Uh, but that night in particular was um, it was really powerful for for me to be there. Yeah. Uh, and to be drinking vodka with you. <laughs> yes. We drank Nemirov. We didn't drink Zerkova. But yeah. that's mostly because Zerkova is not available in British Columbia. That's right. yeah. The bottle we're drinking is bootleg. From, <laughs> it's from Ontario. Uh, and uh, yeah, both went down smooth. So if either one wants to sponsor the podcast, hey. we are here. Um, but what did that What did that particular night, the ex and you know the all of the nights leading up to it, sleepless nights, texting each other in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, and we're both like, we both have our households, we have our jobs, we have our kids, we have our spouses, we have our animals, like we have. Yeah entire you know lives and then we basically took on another full-time job yeah. uh you know uh to to do this um worth every second i gotta oh, i gotta yeah. say uh, but what did that mean for you it was um it meant a lot of things i think that on a personal level uh it, it really helped me uh, have an outlet oh man something to do yes because those early days were so there were so many unknowns there was just so much um happening so fast and yeah. it was so scary um and so having something to do other than just doom scroll on social media which we still do which we still do <laughs> um but it really did allow me to take 
every you know all the anger and anxiety and sadness and all that so i'm laughing because because we're like this is awful all right let's aggressively deal with the caterer okay this is awful (laughs) okay we want want really pretty cookies that are blue and yellow no it was like honestly amazing um the the generosity of you know the different vendors and the venue and the film distributor you know we really uh benefited um I mean, a lot. People really did shine their yeah. light on us. Well, and 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 that's the other thing is that my big question. This was, you know, still people weren't back fully back in the swing of post-COVID life. I felt like at that time mm. quite as much. Um, this was certainly the first like industry event I had been involved in since before COVID. Just yeah. like even a- attending, not only you know organizing. So the question of like, is anyone actually going to come? <laughs> like, is is yeah. any, you know that was big, and so you know, is this just an exercise in like self care for us, or yeah. is this is this going to be? Are people going to show up, and are people going to actually spend the money? Because a hundred percent of the money went to the charity. So um, you know, and yeah, I, can we reiterate that? Yeah. We didn't take, and we meaning, you know, Fishlight Entertainment, YVR Screen Scene, um, th- any funds that were donated uh, through the purchase of tickets to the event and then also through the auction. Yeah. Um, they went right to this Ukrainian humanitarian appeal. Like, if any costs associated, they came from fish flight or YVR screen scene yeah. like we didn't all the money we raised went directly to the organization yeah because yeah. uh, that was really um <laughs> we even bought everybody a drink and it's so funny my husband paul who is my co-owner with, uh in fish flight entertainment do you remember this moment um he's like hey we have free drink tickets free drinks my dude <laughs> like we're I was like, what? <laughs> just handing him out. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're buying a bread drink right now. He's never been, but that was, you know, but that was really important for for us um, to know that, you know, if we're telling people you're coming and you're donating, yeah. you know, that every single penny, every penny Everything. is going to Ukrainians, you know, because they, yeah. this is literally the least that we can do, yeah. you know? And, and we want to do more. We're going to do more, and and I know we'll talk about that in a sec. But you yeah. know, just to outline, I guess maybe to 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 to, to preface that is um, right now um, we have sort of a, a, a two really important. Well, actually, there's several very important avenues of that uh, of need. I'll say in in Ukraine. Mm. So we have. Um, the incredibly brave men and women who are fighting on the front in the mm. fiercest fighting that Europe has seen since World War II. Okay, this is the, the most severe modern combat of two modern militaries yeah. that maybe the world has seen since the yeah. Second World War. With the most monstrous weaponry oh, in human history. It is it is absolutely monstrous, yeah. um, the fighting that's happening. Um, they, yes, there is supplies coming from the West, but everybody's saying it's not enough. Yeah. Um, and there's also basics that they lack at the front and things like um, even just civilian drones and things like that that they can use for reconnaissance help save lives because yeah. they can see a, a, you know an ambush coming or they can see you know they can get a, a, a better idea of their their surroundings um, or or you know or target you know rocket launchers that are attacking civilians things like that yeah so um, uh, and then there's basic first aid and things like that 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 
is needed at the front. Things like bandages, you know, all of these things. Um, the scale of this conflict is humongous, and I don't think people fully understand that. You know, um, the recent estimate came out that um, the in, in terms of this, the casualties so far, uh, we're looking at on the Russian side, I think close to 70,000 soldiers lost. Hmm. For people to understand the scale of that in the entire time that Canada was in Afghanistan, um, you know, I think we, we lost, uh, I think about 3,000 yeah. soldiers. I don't know, it's it, it, somewhere around that. Well, didn't Russia start with 100,000 yeah. soldiers? <laughs> so li literally half. More than half. More than half that they started Oh, he's with. been drinking. He okay. can't do math. Yeah, no. I, well, I couldn't do math sober. Uh, so, uh, but Which is why I handled the money part of things exactly. for the wider screen scene for you, Craig. Uh, yeah. but, uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, on the Ukrainian side, though, as much as we cele celebrate the victories, and we are right now experiencing battlefield victories on a, on a really fantastic sort of scale, um, I think the estimate now is we've lost 35,000 mm. incredibly brave young men and women yeah. who before this war started, many of them were just moms and dads and accountants and uh, yeah. know, cafe owners and whatever. Yeah. These are just regular people. Um, so they need help. Uh, the civilian population, what's happening right now in the last couple of weeks with these drone strikes, the Iranian drone strikes that Russia has been doing is they have been blowing up uh, energy infrastructure. Why that's important is that uh, Ukrainian winter is only weeks away mm. um, and people could very easily without hot water, without electricity, um, you know, this isn't BC we're talking about. This is there are areas where people will freeze to death um, if they don't have the proper, uh, you know, the, the proper supplies. Yeah. So that is going to be very urgent. We also have a, a, a now a creeping epidemic of uh, veterans who are coming back from the front. Mm. Ukraine does not have the wherewithal economically to support all the rehabilitation that all mm. these men and women are going to need, whether it's prosthetics, years of therapy. Um, these people are going to be coming back from war with very little support. Yeah, um, And uh, we all know just even here in Canada and the U.S., what our veterans go through, um, that they're going to need help. Yeah. Um, so there is no shortage of need right now, um, and there's there's more, there's more even beyond what I'm what I'm outlining here. But um, but yeah. So we will be uh, soon. We will launch Wyvere Screen Scene for Ukraine, the sequel, or Wyvere Screen Scene for Ukraine 2.0. <laughs> Wyvere Screen Scene for Ukraine, Judgment Day. Um, so just keep an eye on our social media feeds for information on how you can bid on rat collectibles and experiences. Um, check out the footnotes for ways that you can support organizations providing humanitarian relief to Ukrainians, both inside and outside Ukraine. Uh, and yeah, because we, we're planning some cool stuff. We're also going to help animals. We're going to help yes. some Ukrainian animals uh, as well. Oh, and actually, I'll just take this quick moment to shout out to that um so in in the uh in the past few months i joined a uh, a non-profit uh co-founded a non-profit here um uh with uh olya prodan who will probably be on the podcast soon um it's called the ukrainian canadian advocacy group uh and uh we had our first uh major event in 
end of July. Um, and we brought over an art exhibit from Ukraine and we raised enough money that we sent, uh, I think it was just about 30 uh, kids in Ukraine who were affected by the war uh, to a um, basically a therapy summer camp. So wow. they were taken to the Carpathian Mountains in Western Ukraine near, near Poland. That's uh, where my family is from. Yeah, mine too. And they, they had this beautiful- <laughs> I'm telling you, we're related. <laughs> yeah, I know, probably. Um, and so they, we, they had this beautiful uh, experience where they were in the care of, uh, of therapists, where they had physical rehabilitation and, 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 uh, and mental as well. Uh, and they also just had to be kids away from, you know, the, 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 the noise of war and, and, mm. and sirens and things. Uh, and they got to, you know, experience that. So we're going to be continuing that initiative. Uh, and then we have others as well uh, coming up. So um, check out the Ukrainian Canadian Advocacy Group for, for future events as well. Why should people outside of Ukraine care about what's happening in Ukraine? Um, I mean, the basic answer is, is unfortunately, for some reason, not sufficient, right? I mean, we saw the same thing with Syria and, mm. and um, you know, see all over the world uh, that there's, there's just, these are human beings yeah. experiencing this, <laughs> experiencing this terror. Um, uh, and Russia had their hands in Syria as well. Just well, of course. Say. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, Assad was on his way out before Russia bailed him out. So, mm -hmm. um, but... If that's not enough for, for people to care, you have to look at history and you have to understand um, that uh, the trajectory that Russia is on is not going to end in Ukraine. Mm. Um, the trajectory that Putin is on is not going to end in Ukraine. Mm. Um, and they've said as much. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we are dealing with, and now with, with Russia, and uh, the Iranian regime uh, and uh, uh, other authoritarian regimes uh, backing each other up. There, there really is this undemocratic axis forming mm. in the world. And it's also, you know, <laughs> they have influence here in the West as well, and we're yeah. seeing that. Um, and, you know, Winston Churchill once said, I'll paraphrase him because I might be getting this wrong, but he once said, uh, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. <laughs> mm. And that might be the case. As much as we complain about everything, um, and we have a right to, yeah. and we have a right to constantly seek the you know, Im improvement of, of, uh, of our own government and where we live, um, there are alternatives that are shockingly worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not a given that they won't prevail. So mm. uh, I also bring, you know, bring people to the example of, imagine if in 1939, when Hitler went into Poland, if he was stopped there, you know what I mean? Like if, if Poland was supported enough uh, and his military capability was ground down, you know, it, his resources were spent over you know eight months of fighting in Poland yeah what that would have meant for the rest of the world and the rest of Europe even Gosh. do you know what I mean so let's let's 
let's fucking do this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Let's fucking do this. Let's end. <laughs> let's end this now before we look back and go, oh shit, when did this get out of control? Yeah. When did we let it get this far? I mean, because already we've had, you know, we've had Putin's and, and, and Russia has committed horrible war crimes in Chechnya and then uh, in Georgia and then in Ukraine mm -hmm. and then in Syria and now again in Ukraine. When is it going to be enough? When do yeah. we just say this is it? And and yes, things gas might get expensive. <laughs> you know, think there might be sacrifices on this end. But like then what? Like if if that's not okay, then what are we doing? Like what as a yeah. society, as a civilization, what the what are we doing? Yeah. You know. So that's I don't know. People always look back at and, and use the analogy. You know, looking back at World War Two and and then the lead up to it and and go uh, what what would i have done mm. what would i have supported at the time <laughs> doing you're doing it, it right now you're doing whatever you're doing right now, now is what you would have done then because that's that's the times we're living in so i think about that a lot yeah. that actually informs a lot of <clears throat> what i do what i say many of the texts that i send you be like <laughs> when are we going to do this we need to do this thing yeah because yeah this is we are accountable yeah. to history to our ancestors and to the people who come after us, you know, yeah. and and to our our kin yeah. in the human race, the Ukrainian race. And so. I'll say that you know what I, I I you know we talked about how we use social media and things like that, and sometimes I question what I'm putting out there. And now, you know, I usually arrive at the at the thought of if if Twitter's still a around or it's archived or something if my grandkids or great grandkids could pour over my twitter feed mm. am i going to be horrified by that fact or am i going to be proud of that fact yeah and i'll say right now i'm I, well i'm proud yeah. i hope i'm setting an example for them they're not going to look at twitter adrian they're going to look at tiktok oh. <laughs> is that the next avenue i've got to start doing dances for ukraine i y Whoa, there's our next fundraiser. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so this is going to be one of those weird segues. <clears throat> but, you know, it's so just representative of like the really the strange space in which we exist, yeah. you know, as Ukrainians yep. in the diaspora. <laughs> but congratulations on your nomination <laughs> for UBCP Actor Award for Yay. Best Voice for the Guava Juice Show. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, what do we say? So what is what is the Guava Juice Show? Oh and my God, it's who do you voice? The Guava. You're the Guava. I'm the Guava. It's hilarious. It's um, <laughs> Directed by uh, Nicole Oliver. Yeah, the yeah. voice direction is Nicole Oliver, yeah. and who I, I think I have to credit and, and share this nomination with a big part of it, because this is easily the most comedic uh, character, I mean, and, and, and comedic lead I've ever played. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's just such a wonderful balancing act in this show. So it, 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 it's about a... a uh, a boy named Roy and uh, his best friends, uh, one of whom is a guava fruit, mm -hmm. uh, who travel uh, the uh, multiverse um, in a bathtub. My God, we work in such a <laughs> weird industry. It's bizarre, and it's a, it's, the, it's the best. It. Thing. I know. I love when it. When people ask, like, "Oh, so what do you do?" I'm like, oh, "I voice fruit. I'm a guava fruit." <laughs> um, but 
it's people it's, love it and yeah. you're so good it's so funny i it, i'm really proud of it and 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 uh it's just a, it was such a great project to work on and, and i i think i started <clears throat> it was about a week after my uh, second born was born mm. so uh i started it in a very sleepless days and uh i think that probably helped helped me <laughs> find the character yeah. uh because it's so zany but it's uh yeah no it's it's a really wonderful uh wonderful it's on youtube it's a youtube original yeah which is kind of a big deal uh and uh it's based on uh roy uh is a real dude yeah uh, and he has uh, a a, um, a very popular youtube channel uh especially with kids uh uh, oh, they're all, they're all about the YouTube now. Oh, the young yeah, people. They, yeah, uh, and which he does these, uh, um, uh, what does he call them? They're, they're like these challenges, basically every every episode, and yeah, you know, like diving into a bath of a jello and stuff like that. But he's also um, he's just he's such a positive guy, and and uh, and it was funny because when I, you know, before I I, I came in to to work on the show, I you know knowing that it's kind of. I, I didn't know his YouTube channel and, and I didn't really know anything about him because I'm old, <laughs> two kids. Um, You're 97 years I'm old 97 as we years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I watched war footage, <laughs> you know, in my free time. Devianosto uh, Sim. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I didn't know who he was and I uh, came in not, exp you know, it's like, oh, he, there's this arrogance of like, oh, he's not. He's not an actor necessarily. He's not a voice actor. So, oh, what's this going to be like? Um, and he just does, does such a fabulous job. He's just such an authentic individual, and he brings so much fun to the role. And so it was really cool. Uh, uh, and also to play off uh, Bethany Brown, mm. uh, who's just like so crazy talented. And, and we've worked together on uh, it was uh, Lego Jurassic. We worked together, and maybe maybe one other thing, but. Um, uh, and it's also really nominated for a UBCP Actra That's Award right. as yeah. well this year, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the three of us just had an absolute blast, uh, working on it. And, uh, yeah, I don't you know. You sounded like you needed it. I, I did. I absolutely did. I, I think it was just like a, and it was a new challenge. Like I said, like I, I, I play, I, I played comedic roles in the past, but there was just something so different about guava and there was something, um. <laughs> Have you played a fruit before? Who, I probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You've played food before, right? I've. I've I man, I've I've played everything, but there was something. The thing with him, though, that I love is that, uh, you know, that Nicole really helped me find mm. is there. He has to be relatable at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he's not just like this this kind of, you know, zany comedic relief. Like he he has his own anxieties, and you had to really believe for the show to work. You have to really believe in the friendship between these three characters. Yeah. Uh, and so finding the balance between uh those kind of bigger zanier more comedic moments but keeping it grounded and relatable and um uh he's extremely anxious which i love because so am i uh, and i, and I feel <laughs> sorry like for laughing but that is definitely uh yeah that that is something that uh, we all have in common yeah yeah and, and i feel like an anxious guava I never I think about anxious no. fruit. I wouldn't have thought a guava was very anxious. Well, I mean, what's an anxious fruit? Maybe um, a grape. I would think a grape is more of an anxious fruit. But I mean, think about how vulnerable it is, regardless of what kind of fruit you are. Maybe pineapple's got some natural defenses, mm. but uh, it's a very vulnerable state of being, being a piece of fruit. 
Um, and so I love this conversation. I'm loving it too. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, how does the guava feel about the war? I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> um, right. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, uh, I in my life, you know, especially in this career, I often feel like I'm Bruce Banner, where I have this like Hulk of anxiety mm-hmm, um, that mm-hmm. I'm constantly just like trying to keep in check and trying to keep under the surface. That's weird because you're also Tony Stark in Iron Man. So I know, like... and I'm like Ant Man, and I played Hawkeye too. So I've got a lot of I got a lot of Hawkeye's the worst. Sorry, I know nobody likes Hawkeye. Yeah. I, but check out Lego Lego Hawkeye is pretty awesome. Okay, okay, okay. I've always it, so it's <laughs> automatically awesome. But uh, I was able to really let that those anxieties sort of like run loose in Guava. Yeah, and so I really it's nice that. when we can do something with our anxiety, you yeah. know, something creative and productive. Yeah. What is this nomination, this UBCP Actra Best Voice nomination? What does it mean to you, especially right now with everything that's going on IRL? I it it's I mean, it's just it feels good. Uh, it always feels good to to be recognized for something you work hard at. Yeah. And. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I there's so many. There's also a part of it that's just like, oh, there's so many talented people, <laughs> you know, in this. Yeah, it's a this stacked city. category as well, it is. right? So that's an extra. So like, it's Bethany Brown, Ian Hanlon, uh, Bill Newton, yeah, Vincent Tong, yeah, King Connor Tracy, yeah, Adrian Petru. So like seeing myself, like I admire all of these people, and yeah. literally count. Did I miss anybody? All as friends. Uh, I think I got everybody. I think you got everybody. Uh, yeah. I think we did. Yeah. Um, and so just, I'm just I, like, the biggest thing is just I get to hang out with them that night. Mm. So that's really cool because I admire them all. Yeah. Um, and Vincent Tong and I, uh, he was Mandarin in Iron Man. Yeah. So we go, we go way back. Um, so <laughs> uh, it, he's, he's, uh, he's a good friend. And, well, they all are. And um, it, yeah, it just feels great to be nominated and, and also, uh, selfishly, it's nice to have another platform to just <laughs> talk about Ukraine. Yeah. And stuff out, so you know? I know this, and I don't know. Maybe I'm breaking some news here, but yeah. I know that on the night, yeah, you will be wearing a Vishavanka. Yeah, that's the. It's it's on a container right now, and I anxiously check its yeah. status. <laughs> I have others, so, so I do Vishavanka have is. Um, I mean, it's embroidered clothing from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adrian sent me some photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like, what, what would look good with a suit? And yeah, I have some options. The, yeah, because the issue, the issue that I have faced with Vishavanka in the past is that the sleeves are so fucking puffy. Yeah, so the one I got has sort of a modern <laughs> Yeah, modern sleeve, so you can slip it into a suit jacket. So exactly. why, tell me why it's important for you to wear a Vishavanka on that particular night. Because it's something that is, uh, you know, my heritage and my culture uh, and where my family comes from is something that is, um, it's not something that I want to compartmentalize. Yeah. And growing up, the Vishivanka was... I hate to say it, but you grow up and you take things for granted. And mm. so when you're a kid and you have to wear one because, you know, I, I was, you know, quote unquote, forced to be in like choir. Oh, my Ukrainian God. Choir. Can so, I just tell everybody yeah. about your dad? Oh, so yeah. 
I love Adrian's father. Um, he introduces himself as Myron, mm -hmm. but he's Miroslav. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, he was like a bigwig with the Ukrainian Canadian Congress. Oh, yeah. And at the, we went to this, there was a rally at the end of February, uh, and you could spot Adrian's father like a mile away because Adrian's like, oh look, there's Captain Ukraine. That's his he nickname. Had, <laughs> that's been his had, nickname for twenty years. He had like a flag like on a on a big like stick and was like oh, waving yeah. it. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. So he and he, then he came and he helped us set up for the for the gala. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you grew up, you know. In, in his house. Essentially, my yeah. dad was a, you know, uh, well, both my parents were pro you know, very proud Ukrainians, and my dad was something of a community organizer in Vancouver. Uh, and uh, he even uh, borrowed some stuff for us from, for, do you remember, like, I think, didn't he bring some, like, flag holders? Oh, yeah. I didn't you know? even ask him, I was like, where the hell did that come from? His house, literally. Yeah. Uh, just his living room. Um, I'm not joking. Uh, and he, like, for example, he, he ran and organized and, it was his idea to do the Ukraine house during the Olympics. Oh my God, which I went to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I didn't know that this was your dad, but now that I, you know, met him and yeah, yeah. whatever, but yeah, my, I took my, my sister and my mom to that. And it was the fastest uh, that we, I have ever gotten drunk on vodka in my <laughs> yeah. life. I had some spicy vodka or something. Oh yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. and like, I was like, woo! Like it goes down so smooth. Cause it, yeah, they were doing a vodka yeah. tasting and stuff. So your dad is responsible for one of the he fastest 100%. drunks I've ever had oh, in yeah. my life. He organized that almost single-handedly. Yeah. <laughs> um, that whole, that whole situation. So, uh, so yeah, that's my dad. And so, <laughs> so, uh, growing up, you know, we, we I did a lot of these cultural things, but of course, yeah, for me, I remember putting on like a Vishivanka. There was a certain age where maybe it was exciting when you're little. And then there was a, a time when I was a teenager to just speak frankly that I was embarrassed by it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I thought, oh God, like I just don't, don't take pictures. Like I don't want my friends to see, like I feel like I'm wearing like a big, you know, puffy shirt with that's colorful and stuff. And I just wanted to like wear black and like, Listen to punk music and like. Oh my know. god! When you that was when you had your boy band hair. I 100% had boy band hair, <laughs> and I was like, I just want to like be taken really seriously, and I just don't want you know. And sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, I, yeah, we all, but we were all there, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so there's that. Sorry, but I'm just still imagining. <laughs> in your black clothing with your hair. I'm gonna be I know. Seriously. I had some amazing hair. Don't wear my embroidered shirt, Dad. That's seriously. <laughs> yeah. And then. You know, now I'm at this age where, you know, I'm looking back at these things with a new light now that I'm a father, too. Yeah. Uh, and I want, you know, the Vashivanka is such an essential part of our culture going back about over a thousand years. Yeah. So it predates even Christianity. Different regions have different styles. Have different it's styles. Different stories. And, um, yeah. and it had like spiritual significance. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's a major part of our culture. Uh, and I want it to become, uh, not to become, but, but like I, I want it to be, especially here, less of a considered I don't want it to be a costume mm. you know what I mean like I don't want it to be yeah. like I gotta tell I, I gotta yeah. tell you so I recently hosted a a Q&A after a film not a Ukrainian film not a Ukrainian theater I don't even know if there were Ukrainians in the audience like besides myself yeah but I wore 
gorgeous fish Ivanka. I saw it. Uh, I know, right? Yeah. It was great. From the place that you had sent me about to Koliori, yeah. uh, right? In, yeah, yeah, in yeah, Kiev, yeah. where I got the dress that I also wore for the Wyvern Screens for yeah. Ukraine. And it felt so good to yeah. wear, you know, to, to be in a space, an industry space, yeah. you know, and broadcasting the fact, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm Ukrainian. Yeah. And I'm here in this space. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be the kind of thing that you reserve for a That's the thing, right? Ukrainian event. And especially right now when yeah. our our people are experiencing genocide. Yeah. You know, where the point of genocide genocide is eradication and extermination. Yeah. You know, to to be here, to be asserting and representing the culture, you know, yeah. in those industry spaces, like that's pretty fucking rad. So I look forward to seeing you yeah. in your not puffy sleeve shirt. Not puffy sleeve, but hey, <laughs> nothing wrong with the puffy. I got some puffy. No, but, 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 but to wear with a suit jacket is hard when it's puffy. Well, yeah, that was me. You remember me at the at the uh, at the mm-hmm. protest? I was complaining because I didn't yeah. want to just. I had to wear a jacket over my puffy sleeves, yeah. and like I felt like you know they were like sausage sleeves because uh, I can't slip <laughs> a puffy sleeve dress into a jean jacket. Wow. That was challenging. I did it, you know, for you the did. culture. Okay, I feel like we should call it a day. Yeah. Adrian. That's fine. Um, thank you. Thank you. Zyakuyu. Zyakuyu. Uh where can our listeners find you? Follow you on social media, not in real life. Yeah, don't follow me in real life. Yeah. But he'll probably uh, be the one with the Ukrainian flag on his car and the Ukrainian flag on his uh-huh, house and yeah. the Captain U- Son of Captain Ukraine. Son of Captain Ukraine. <laughs> it sounds like a cool movie, actually. Yeah. Son of Captain Ukraine. Oh my god, a movie about you and your father. <gasps> That's actually next, dope. Next, <laughs> next time. Um, next time on Wabi Space. So it's all Miroslav up to the table. Oh boy, yeah, that'll be a long one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just he knows a lot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Adrian Petru, just my name, no periods on all all social media. Okay. I'm there. Uh, and um, yeah, come come check me out. There'll be a lot of stuff about Ukraine and and I do also post about lots of other stuff. And I'm also a nerd and I talk about Star Wars and Andor is so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, but it's it it's gonna be mostly about Ukraine right now. As it should be. As it should be. All right. All well, right. thank you. And uh, if you want to help, if you want to help our people, if you want to help people who need help, check out the footnotes for this episode. There will be links to various vetted humanitarian organizations where your money will go directly to helping people who need it most. And also follow on your screen scene and, uh, and Adrian Petru and Sabrina Arnf, uh, and uh, all the various social media accounts associated with, with those handles. We're going to be rolling out Wyvera Screen Scene for Ukraine 2? 2.0? Judgment Day? The sequel? I don't know. What Ukraine should we call Strikes it? Strikes Back? Well, we, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that, well, we'll figure something out. Return of the... No, Return, I don't know. Revenge of... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. But anyway, we're gonna raise <laughs> like I wanna. I mean, we've we have raised thirty seven thousand two hundred dollars plus all the money that I've spent at a Saint Javelin <laughs> on sweatshirts, uh, yeah. mugs, t shirts, whatever. Uh, but I I wanna I wanna get us past fifty thousand 
And um, I don't think that's impossible because look what we have done yeah. so far. So let's help the people and the animals of Ukraine. The Why Bear Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Rani Firminger, and it's edited by Simon Firminger. Special thanks to Mariana Daria Firminger for creating our Patreon ad, to Paul Jason Firminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Firminger Devlet for the original music. Why Bear Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Find us on all the socials at YBR Screen Scene and at Sabrina on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts for free and at our home on the web at YBRScreenScene.com. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. Slava Ukraini! Heroim Slava! Hey, filmmakers! Did you know that you can hire top quality experienced and professional actors for your films? If you're producing a student film for course credits, working on a web series, a short or a feature film, you can afford to have some of the best talent in the business in your production. How, you ask? Well, UBCP Actor has an ultra-low budget program, which offers a range of options that cover everything from student films to productions with a $300,000 budget. There is a ULB program that will meet your needs, regardless of your budget. To learn more, visit ubcpactor.ca and look for ultra-low budget programs or email ulbprogram at ubcpactra.ca. Now is the time to jumpstart your dream for the screen.